Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is Cruise Radio. Cruise Radio is sponsored in part by TripInsurance.com, making it easy to buy travel insurance at the best available price. Get a quote today at TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio, a review of Carnival Sunrise today for Madia. She sailed the ship when it was in Norfolk. It's in New York City now for the summer, sailing um, out of Manhattan. But we'll get Marty's review of Carnival Sunrise today. Also, Sherry Laskin is here with Cruise News. She'll be checking in from Alaska. <laughs> wow. So you know when you go to the doctor and you get either a new pair of glasses or you get glasses for the first time, and you're like, wow, I can see everything now. I got a new pair of headphones, and that's how my ears feel right now. I like blowing myself out here. I'm going to be deaf by the end of the show. Let's see what else do we have the Cruise Radio YouTube channel. No really new videos up, but we have like 88 back videos for you to check out if you want to check that out at the Cruise Radio YouTube channel. And as always, don't forget about Cruise Radio News, our daily quick hits of the news, 60 seconds, Monday through Friday. Get what you need to know, the three things you need to know pretty much right there. Bada bing, bada boom. You can listen to it where you listen to your favorite podcast. Just uh, search Cruise Radio News. All right, Sherry Laskin is here from a cruise ship in Alaska. Hi, Sherry. Hey, Doug. Where in Alaska are you today? Today we're in Icy Strait Point, which is actually Huna, Alaska, in the southeast. I did not go ashore today. I made this work day. All right. Then we'll jump right to your work, which is a very sad story over the weekend involving Norwegian Epic in the Mediterranean. Yeah, this is a, a, really a sad story. Well, they all are when it happens like this, but this just seems so sad in a different way. Last weekend, a woman went overboard from the Norwegian Epic, like you mentioned, while cruising the Mediterranean. Norwegian Epic was underway from Cannes on the French Riviera to the Spanish island of Palma de Mallorca when the incident occurred. As soon as the captain was notified on first course, Within two hours, Norwegian Epic reached the area where it was presumed the women went overboard, and they had the assistance of a helicopter to continue the search. It was um, a 63-year-old Korean woman who, you know, somehow fell overboard, and the search continued for several hours, but was called off because it was reported that a family member told uh, the rescue group that the woman couldn't swim mm. and must have drunk really yeah the bad sea conditions so you know it's almost like she didn't stand a chance to be rescued sometimes you hear the happy stories but yep so carnival cruise line revealed some more faster to the fun pricing today yeah they did but just a little quick background information if someone's not familiar with faster to the fun it's a program that carnival started in 2012 and it's only available for purchase before the cruise begins but if you do purchase it you do get a bunch of perks that include priority check-in, security, and boarding. You'll have first access to your stateroom. It also gives you access to a pre-boarding priority lounge. Once on board, you'll have a dedicated guest services line, but you will share it with platinum and diamond guests. You'll have priority dinner time assignments, 
Uh, when tenders are needed to get ashore, you'll have priority water shuttle access, and you'll also be able to choose your debarkation time. And just so you know, there's a limited number of these passes available on every cruise, and they do sell out, but it's not available in Honolulu, Norfolk, or Vancouver. So now getting to the uh, the pricing, the prices for Carnival Panorama seven-night cruises beginning February of 2020 will cost $109.95 per stateroom. Mardi Gras prices have not yet been confirmed, but Cruise Radio has a complete list of faster-to-the-fun prices, don't you, Doug? I do. And some good news, a Carnival cruise ship helped some stranded fishermen over the weekend. Yes, uh, Carnival Horizon was returning to Miami, and they received an alert. The small fishing boat and its crew were in dire need of assistance. Carnival Horizon did an about-face and headed towards the stranded fishermen. Uh, the reason is because of a broken propeller. The boat had been dead in the water for two days. The good news is that all seven fishermen from the boat were brought on board Horizon and received food, water, and they were assessed for any possible needed medical treatment. The fishermen remained on board as the ship returned to Miami nearly on time. Carnival Horizon was on an eight-day Caribbean cruise. A Norwegian cruise line ship just got out of dry dock after getting some new features added. You were recently, well, not recently, but you were on the ship in the past couple of years, right? I was uh, March 14th, I think, of 2017. Yes. It's a nice ship. It was a lot of fun. Um, changes have been made, though. And this is what we call a setup. Tell me about those changes, Sherry. <laughs> so if you're wondering what's new, while well, Norwegian Getaway now has a full-service Starbucks, and it's the first Starbucks licensed for Norwegian's European cruise market. Also added is a Sid Norman's Poor House. And this is a new musical concept and interactive audience venue is created by the same team that produced Broadway's Rock of Ages musical, which was also on the ship, a different ship a few years ago. So upwards of 800 pieces of art were added throughout the ship, of which 20% are original. When summer and fall cruising ends, Norwegian Getaway will home port in New Orleans beginning in November and sailing Western Caribbean itineraries. Norwegian also has that free airfare deal going on if you stay in a ocean view room or higher for Norwegian Getaway. So if you're interested in sailing that, check that out. All right, Royal Caribbean is going over to Tokyo for the Olympics to join some other ships. Yeah, this is uh, sort of a, an across-the-board big deal. So well-planned in advance for July's 2020 Summer Olympics in Tokyo, several cruise ships will either dock overnight or be chartered as hotels to accommodate the overflow of visitors, Royal Caribbean will have several ships in Tokyo for the Summer Olympics, and those will be Spectrum of the Seas and Voyager of the Seas, and both will overnight there. But you'll still have to purchase your own tickets if you do want to attend an Olympic event. MSC Cruises will sell staterooms aboard the MSC Lyrica, which will be docked nearby, and the Sun Princess will dock in Yokohama about 17 miles from Tokyo. This isn't the first time the cruise ships were chartered just for their staterooms. It also happened for previous Olympics in Athens, Rio, London, and Vancouver. If you're interested, the 2020 Olympic Games will be held from July 24th through August 9th. And rumor has it that prices will run from $271 per night to upwards of over $2,700. 
It's such a cool concept. When the Super Bowl was here in Jacksonville in 05, they brought in Carnival Miracle, three Holland America ships, and one luxury ship to uh, use them as floating hotels. It was kind of cool to see our city being a real deal cruise port for once. Yeah, it must have looked cool from uh, up above. All right, listener question time. We always enjoy getting your listener questions. If you have one, drop me an email, Doug, at cruiseradio.net, D-O-U-G, at cruiseradio.net. This one's from Sue Sherry, and you could answer this one because you're right there where she's asking. Uh, She says, I'm wondering how many people actually sit by the pool on an Alaskan cruise? Wow. Well, hi, Sue. That's that's pretty – this is a very interesting question. I'll answer as best as I can. So basically, I'll start by saying no one except the most hardy cruiser will set foot into an outdoor pool at the beginning or the end of the Alaska cruise season. It's just too cold or too drizzly. But, you know, summer might be different, especially uh, if you're in and out of, say, Vancouver or Seattle, where it could be nice and warm. Uh, When I set out aboard Radiance of the Seas uh, almost three weeks ago from Vancouver, there actually were a couple of people in the pool. The sun was out, but it was, you know, maybe in the low 60s at best. But there were people in the hot tub. So uh, and they had their towels and robes right nearby so they wouldn't freeze when they got out. But you know what? If your ship happens to have an indoor pool or one with the dome that encloses it, then, yes, you will find people in the pool. Um, and also uh, on Radiance here, they have a solarium pool. And there were people in the pool morning, noon and night and the hot tubs. But no one was in the outdoor pool. But now I'm back on the Radiance again. It's almost like I said, three weeks later. It's warmed up just a little bit, but no one's in the outdoor pool. And again, as far as you know, planning to get some swimming or, or splash time for the kids on board, unless you really go in you know, the, the, the summer, um, it's pretty cool. And especially if you're going to be going cross gulf, say from... Uh, Vancouver up the Inside Passage and then making a left turn towards Seward or Whittier. The coastline does get a lot cooler up north than, say, oh, Fairbanks, <laughs> so which actually gets up to 90 degrees in the summer. But you won't find that along the coast. But you may have some sunny days, and if you get out of the wind, you know, bring up swimsuit. You could jump into the pool. Very good. I've been talking with Sherry Laskin from CruiseMaven.com. Sherry, that Royal Caribbean Wi-Fi that they brag about is not too hot for you this week up in Alaska. But I, hey, in all fairness, you're in Alaska. You're off the grid. The last frontier. Enjoy yourself. Well, thanks. And, you know, a lot of it is because um, we're in Icy Strait Point, too, which is not like being docked, say, in the heart of Juneau or Ketchikan, where you would have we would have a clear signal, I would hope. But we're running off of Wi-Fi here, so please bear with it. If you have an Amazon Alexa-enabled device, ask her to enable the Cruise Radio News skill so you can get daily updates anytime straight from Cruise Radio. When is your next cruise? Where are you going? And what are you going to do once you get there? Market-leading specialist CruisingExcursions.com offers savings up to 60% offshore excursions versus cruise line prices. Whether it's private, shared, scenic, historic, or family tours, CruisingExcursions.com has up to 12,000 excursions in over 700 ports worldwide, like Rome, Vatican City, St. Petersburg, Sydney, and Jamaica, just to name a few. You can even bundle your excursions for more savings. Make your next vacation affordable and unforgettable by visiting CruisingExcursions.com. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? 
Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Check out our blog, the video page, and interact at cruiseradio.net. Mario just returned from a five-night cruise aboard the newly refurbished Carnival Sunrise, and she joins us on the line. How you doing? Doing great, though. Good to talk to you again. Yeah, likewise. Now, this ship is in your neck of the woods because you're up in Virginia, right? Yep. I'm in northern Virginia, right outside of D.C., so a uh, very easy commute to get down to Norfolk and uh, cruise on the Sunrise. Very good. Well, we're going to talk all about the Carnival Sunrise and get your thoughts of the newly refurbished ship. Before we get to that, we'll take a step back, as we always do, and give me some pre-cruise thoughts. What made you want to sail this five-night on Sunrise? Well, definitely I wanted to get on the Sunrise, uh, mainly because it was close to um, where I live. And normally when I cruise, I am you know, going to South Florida and you know have to fly there. So the fact that I could actually drive you know, to the port um, in a short period of time was very uh, a nice thing. And then I also wanted to take a trip with some of my sorority sisters. And so we ended up booking this cruise, I think right when the booking um, came open. And so that gave us like kind of like a girl's trip. And then it was actually close for all of us. And we could just get down there pretty easily. This ship is part of the Sunshine class. Did that have any influence on you? Because I know you like Carnival Sunshine. I'd say yes, because I really do like the Sunshine. And I you know, when it was the destiny, cause I was on it at that time too. And they did the refurb and I've been on the sunshine last year, this time, um, it had a little bit, but I definitely was looking forward to what was, you know, going to be, you know, new and different, um, on this particular cruise, uh, to see how it all had, you know, come out. So you make your way down to Norfolk and you go to embark the ship. How was your embarkation process? Embarkation was good. It's very, definitely not, as organized as when you go down to, you know, Florida or maybe some other ports. Um, but it wasn't bad at all. I mean, when you go down to um, Norfolk, you are boarding at uh, the Nauticus uh, Museum, uh, which is part of the waterside area. And so, you know, they have that right next to the embarkation port. So it wasn't that bad. Um, definitely had to get into a line. It wasn't like very, I would say, organized, but they did have signs around, you know, and kind of get forth. And I usually try to get the faster to the front, but that wasn't available um, for this crew. So just had to get in general boarding because I haven't got up in loyalty as of yet. So it was okay. I think you're being nice and generous because it was a hot <laughs> mess on my embarkation day. <laughs> I mean, for the most part, like uh, one of my sorority sisters, like I said, she met us there. Her husband drove her down. And um, we were, like, already, like, really just kind of past, you know, where they show you show your um, your boarding pass to get mm-hmm. in. And we were telling her to come across the street. And, you know, we literally said, come on. And she just kind of walked past. They didn't even look <laughs> and check her boarding <laughs> pass or anything at that first kind of, like, checkpoint in that big circle. Yeah. And then, of course, you walk through. And then, you know, they're kind of checking. And then there's the elevators. And, I mean, it, 
it was a little definitely disorganized, just again from what I'm used to or probably what you're used to too. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it wasn't super. I would say you know terrible. I've been at probably worse um, embarkation, so uh, it, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> so you make your way on. Well, I, let me ask you uh, about how many minutes did it take from curb to ship? I would say about it was at least twenty twenty five minutes, just because we did have to. Uh, we wait on the elevator because uh, one of my friends. Um, she had just had a surgery, so she couldn't take the steps. And then, you know, once we got in the line, the line was a little bit long. And so just kind of snaking through. And then, you know, once you got past the little check of your passport. So it was about 20, 25 minutes. Okay. So you make your way on board Carnival Sunrise. What were your first impressions? Um, love the atrium. Um, it was it's small compared to, I guess, other, you know, Carnival ships that I've been on. I was recently on carnival sensation um a month ago so i was trying to you know just you know uh comparison that from that standpoint but it was very nice it's very uh muted so it's not very loud i think how it kind of used to be and then i love the glass elevators of course that go up um you know in the atrium uh as compared to some of the newer ships where they have that led part so um i thought it was very nice and uh pretty easily to kind of navigate once you got in what was the first thing you did when you got on board we went to the stateroom <laughs> to drop off our bags because we had a, a late boarding time. And so we wanted to drop our stuff off and then we headed right up to the Lido to get food. So what kind of stateroom did you book and what did you think of it? So we had a aft extended balcony. So in my group, it was four people so and four adults. So it was kind of, you know, going to definitely be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, we had originally looked at getting those floor to ceiling uh, window rooms. I don't know what they're called. I've heard them. Uh, heard you talk about them on the, the podcast a couple of times. Yeah, I think they're like um, the, the scenic ocean view. Yeah, and so we were originally going to get those, and then we changed uh, to get the ass extended face and balcony. So um, it was actually really, really nice. Um, you know, my concern was having enough room for, you know, four adults um, and then four women, of course, with a lot of luggage and, you know, different things that we, you know, brought with us. But actually, it was pretty nice, uh, very nice room. So basically, the setup was you know, the two beds on the floor, and then the couch, they turned into a, a bed, and then they had a pull-down from the wall right uh, over top of the couch. And okay. then the balcony, only thing I didn't like was that, you know, when there was four of us in the room, they only had three chairs on the outside of the balcony, so we all couldn't sit out there all at the same time. But very nice view of the wake and just kind of having that fresh air, uh, you know, with, you know, being out there with the balcony and things. But it was very nice, enough room for everybody, you know, with door space and, Again, you know, four adults, you know, can kind of be a little bit tricky. So we did get some of our suitcases under the bed and then, you know, enough space to hang up clothes and drawer space. So it was it was nicely, you know, laid out for four people. And I don't think they have many of those particular rooms where four people can fit in it. And we were on deck five. Okay, so that's that's actually a brand new room then, because back there, that was the old comedy club on deck five. And then they gutted those out and put in like three dozen staterooms back there, which included, I believe, five of the aft balconies. Oh, really? Okay. Well, yeah, that's cool. I mean, because they had like a long lounger out there, you know, kind of like how the pool deck pool deck has. And then the, one of the chairs kind of relaxed back. Then they had like a normal chair and a small table. So, yeah, definitely everything looked, um, you know, updated and renovated, you know, big TV screen in there, all the plugs that you, you know, wanted to have for stuff to plug in, USB and all that. Um, the bathroom door would stick sometimes, so I don't know if that was, you know, just an issue at that time. And then also the one thing with the room was um, it rained on our cruise, and we had noticed that rain had seeped in from the balcony um, on the floor. And so we had asked our stateroom steward about it, and he said, you know, make sure the door was closed. 
Um, I guess we didn't have the, the balcony door closed. But then we noticed that they put down white uh, or the towels down on the floor because mm-hmm. they said they did a test to kind of see if it was still an issue. So I think that may still have been an issue for some uh, part of the crew. But we, you know, didn't have that issue as far as what we can see because now they had the towels down to soak up possibly any water that kind of seeped through um, the balcony door. So that was probably the only issue that we kind of encountered. There were four of you sailing. How about the space for, like, closet space and drawer space? Yeah, I mean, the, I, I use packing cubes. So that's like my, you know, crown and glory when I travel. So I mostly have my stuff in cubes and then I hung up the things that were, like, the long hang. And um, so, like, in that particular stateroom, they have two closets, and then close to the door, they had some shelves there, and then they also had some drawers over by the vanity area. So we kind of all picked our little section, and, you know, basically, we all had our stuff uh, in various places in the room. So I think it was enough for everybody, knowing that... um, you know, four women with a lot of clothes. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. That's what I was asking. So there was uh, a lot of food additions were added to Carnival Sunrise. So we'll talk about the food now and we'll start in the dining room. So what time dining did you have and how was your experience? So we had early seating at 6 p.m. And I actually only visited the main dining room twice on the first night and the last night, because like you said, there are so many dining options, and I took a big advantage of all of that. So um, it was nice. Definitely um, the first night was a little slow. I think, you know, just everybody getting on and getting used to, uh, you know, serving the people and everything. But for the most part, our wait staff was very nice, you know, on the first night. And then the last night that I did go back, it was nice. And, of course, they do the normal, you know, um, dance and singing and our <laughs> Our uh, waiter, he was definitely a dancer because he would get the crowd really going and just rolling. But the food was okay. I really enjoyed probably more of the other venues more so than the main dining room. Well, let's talk about those other venues. What other venues did you dine? So I I did a lot this time. I really wanted to enjoy the food. So um, the one thing that I wanted to do was the chef's table. So that was a highlight for me. I also did... uh, Pig and Anchor, uh, that was on the first day on the Lido, so we did eat there. Guy's Burgers was good, of course. The one thing I did notice, and I know this is on my last cruise, you know how they have the options of what kind of burger that you know want to have, like the pig patty or mm-hmm. whatever the case? Well, I noticed now that they just give you a burger with cheese, and then they say the toppings is on the bar. They don't have where you can kind of pick anymore. I don't know if you noticed that or if they've changed something different when it comes to, like, you having a choice of what kind of burger that you want because you also have to ask for the donkey sauce. They just don't, you know, give it to you. So that was kind of interesting. And then um, Blue Iguana Cantina had a breakfast there. I love the Huevos Rancheros uh, for breakfast, and um, so that was good. Um, I went to the Seafood Shack and got me a lobster roll. <laughs> And one thing they did have, I noticed on the last sea day, they were selling like two pounds of crabs for like $15. And Norfolk being kind of like Southern Virginia, a lot of people like seafood down there. So that was pretty packed that last night or that last sea day. Um, Bonsai Sushi had that. That was good. And then I also went to, um, if I pronounced this right, Cucina del Capitano Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, for lunch one day. So I, I enjoyed everything. Now, I don't normally do the Lido. And the one thing about the Lido Buffet on this ship, and maybe you can confirm, is it's kind of small. And so I noticed that the lines were very long. And I know one day one of my uh, friends, she waited um, for breakfast in the line because we missed the uh, time in the dining room to eat breakfast. And she had to wait about 45 minutes just to get 
through the Lido buffet just to kind of have breakfast. I can't remember what day it was, but it was definitely small. And I, I mainly went there to have desserts. So they did have a little small dessert section every day for like cakes and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I did um, enjoy that, but I didn't eat in the Lido uh, buffet at all this time. Yeah. The, so the Lido deck, the or Lido deck marketplace, I guess they call it. It's, uh-huh. It can definitely be a mess during sea days when you're trying to get some food in there because I feel like sunshine is kind of the same way though, right? I mean, you have your regular yeah. buffet there and then you have your two dessert stations. But I guess with sunshine, you could walk aft and go eat in Havana if you wanted to. So it didn't seem right. that crowded, I guess. Um, so this one, you yeah, don't really have true. the spot to go unless you can just go outside and dine like by the pool, the after midship pool. But yeah, you're right. The dining was kind of cramped in there. And it doesn't mm-hmm. seem like they added any more space or anything like that. But um, I don't know. They're going to have to do something like, you know how Sunshine has like the kind of the continental breakfast set up on deck five and also the, right. like, the salad bar at lunch. Right. They're going to have to probably yes. do that to kind of pull some people out of there. Right. And I remember on Sunshine last year, like they were even, um, they had, um, I think they were doing omelets even at Guy's Burgers, you know, just to kind of move people through so they can mm-hmm. have additional options. Uh, to eat, you know. So, yeah, I think you're right. They have to do some type of continental uh, piece as well just to kind of move people out because it was very crowded and having to wait 45 minutes for food, you can get kind of yeah. cranky. <laughs> well, and you know what? And you might be able to see if I'm correct on this next point is I found there to be two really bad congestion points, and that's the walkway between guys and inside the Lido or Blue Iguana and inside the Lido, that little wow. narrow passageway. Because when both yeah. of those venues were open, people would queue up in that hallway. But if someone was coming out in a wheelchair, I mean, everyone had to get out of line to let them through. Yeah, that's true. It is definitely congested because of the way it's situated. And it's not a lot of space to walk through, like you said, to, to get out. So, yeah, I can see how that um, was an issue. Um, and just kind of get through. I tried to walk on the outside when we had to kind of go through the Lido. Mm-hmm. Um um, so that way we wouldn't have to go through. But I, I did see it was congested a few times that I went through there. And you're right. Like if somebody had a wheelchair, it would definitely have to – other people have to move over so they can kind of get through there at that point. Did you get to check out Lucky Bowl? No, I didn't. I saw it, and I don't know. I just – I don't think I checked the times um, regularly to see when it was going to be open. And then I think I did see it open one day, but it wasn't on my radar So um, to get – any food from there. So I didn't eat there. So did we cover all the food? I mean, there's so many dining venues on this ship. Did you eat anywhere else that, Oh, I, you know what? I want to ask you how much was the chef's table? Chef's table, I think was $95 a person plus, you know, the gratuity. And I enjoyed it. I have been wanting to do the chef's table for a long time, for as long as I've been cruising. And I really enjoyed the experience. It was very, 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 very nice. I, even though, you know, the portions are small because we have so many courses, um, it was great. I really, really enjoyed it. It was very good. Did you find that the sushi was good at Bonsai? Yes, as always. Like I, Sushi was definitely great. Now, the one thing about congestion I would also uh, add with Bonsai is that, if you recall, they have the um, Mind Time Dining kind of check-in right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the way, like, Bonsai is situated, you know, you have, like, this uh, sit-up sushi bar on the, you know, the one side, on the right-hand side, if you're coming from the casino area. And then you got, you know, this regular scene on the left. So people would kind of sit in the chairs at Bonsai Sushi while they were waiting for, you know, their pager or trying to figure out their dining situation. So I felt kind of, you know, bad about the servers there because, you know, they didn't know people were sitting down or trying to eat or they're just waiting. So it was kind of 
that's a weird place, I guess, to have like the check-in time, knowing that there's that bonsai sushi there. But the food was definitely as good as it has been on other cruises that I have been on. And you know what else I noticed uh, was an issue there was on formal night, they also have a photo thing set up right there as well. Right. So people, and you don't know do. if people and are in line to get their photo or in line for the anytime dining, you know? Right. And it's get congested right there because people are waiting to either, like you said, get the photo or they're trying to check in for their anytime dining. But they, I think for most of the nights, they always had someone taking photographs in that area. So it definitely got congested as, you know, you're walking past and you're trying to get through the, you know, either go, since my room was on deck five, like we had a pretty good, easy walkthrough from our stateroom, you know, from uh, going past the Red Frog Pub and through Bonsai and, you know, kind of going wherever. But, yeah, it definitely was a congestion in that particular area. What do you you think about the Red Frog Pub um, in place of Ocean Plaza like Carnival Sunshine has? Um, It's it's definitely a a good meeting spot and venue. Um, I do miss the kind of Ocean Plaza kind of area. Um, But, you know, for Red Frog Pub, for those who enjoy, like, the live music, it was a great area um, for that because they did have someone performing just about every night. So you can go down there, have a drink, um, you know, kind of chill. Um, even if you sit on the other side of the um, promenade deck there and you can still listen and, you know, kind of hear the music. So it was nice, but I definitely like the Ocean Plaza definitely better on, you know, a sunshine or something that that nature. What were your thoughts uh, of the smoke in and around the casino? So I actually I was traveling with the smoker. <laughs> So um, you definitely smelled the smoke um, when you kind of got past the bar area. And I know she told me there was a section over to the far right um, where actual smokers could go, you know, so she would go over there and, you know, kind of smoke. And so in that particular area, if I hadn't went over there to meet her, you definitely smell it. But I played roulette a few nights and I noticed the smell um, a little bit. But then I had a friend who also had some allergies who was with me. So she definitely felt some uh, issues walking just through the casino with the smoke smell. Even though it wasn't super strong, she did feel like it was a little bit overbearing for her. Let's talk about the entertainment on this five-night cruise. What did you think of it? I think the entertainment was definitely good. I did have some, you know, kind of thoughts about the the shows in the theater. Um, comedy, they did have two comedians. The first comedian was very, very good. He was Definitely funny. Um, saw him actually also around the ship, you know, just hanging out. He did some other things like um, on the sea day for one of the uh, kind of deck uh, type of events. Um, the second comedian was he was like a country guy. So he actually played his guitar. It was actually really cool, but he had a lot of corny jokes, but he was OK. They had a couple of deck parties, which were really nice. And the Flying Scotsman, who is the cruise director, very, very high energy and, you know, love the kilt. <laughs> So he was he was really cool and um, did a good job with his entertainment staff. Um, they did a Motown kind of showdown in the atrium where they kind of do like a Motown kind of karaoke and he uh, divides the room in half. So like one side, I think, was the Supremes and the other one's the Temptations. So we would, you know, try to sing the words and then he will give us points and then, you know, everybody's cheering. And so that was really cool, um, you know, with that. And he was dancing all around. Um they also had a very nice trio of electric violins. I don't know if you saw that on your cruise when you were on there, but they were really, really good. And, you know, electric violins have a different sound than just a regular violin. And they played, you know, some up-to-date kind of music. So that was great. 
but the one thing that really got me was the theater production called Soulbound. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if that was on your cruise. And they had told us that it was a little bit dark, um, but it was dark to like uh, 80s, 90s, kind of 2000s music. So um, they only had like the one showing of it. And it was basically like a show about love in some type of way, but it was like the creepy way because they dressed in like Mad Hatter costumes or, you know, just kind of, I don't know. I don't know the best way to describe it, but kind of like witch type things. Mm -hmm. So it was interesting to see that kind of combination of the acting part with the singing. So that was, yeah, I think I enjoyed probably the the last show where they had like the Motown or like the, the 52, I can't think of what the place is called studio 52 or something like that, but it wasn't very crowded um, for the most part. And then um, the live music that they had, the one group called the hit stars, they were very good. So I think overall the entertainment was, Great. I just didn't really enjoy that one theater show. Yeah, Soulbound was more, I guess you would say like what, like R&B type hits kind of through the decades? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Did you go to the piano <laughs> bar at all? Did I go to the piano bar? No, I didn't. I did peek in there and it was always definitely crowded, um, but I didn't go. So let's talk about the ports of call. What ports did you go to on this five night and give us a highlight from each port? Sure. We had two ports um, and it was Bahamas, so Nassau and Freeport. And I haven't been to Freeport probably since, yeah, definitely since my first cruise when I first got into cruising back in 2011. So that was my second time going. Um, That was our second stop. Um, But our first stop was Nassau and we got there at an odd time. I know I had got a letter um, probably a couple months before our sailing that they had changed our time. I can't remember what the original time was, but they had changed our time in port from whatever time that was to 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. And it was on a Sunday. And if you've been to Nassau on a Sunday, you know that everything's not open. Um, Things close a little bit earlier. So you have to really maximize your time between one and five if you want to do things like shopping or anything of that nature. So we basically went over to uh, Paradise Island and went to um, Cabbage Beach, I believe it's called. Mm -hmm. And that was an adventure. (laughs) Um, Just getting on. We looked at the ferry over there and didn't realize it was still a walk once we got over there. But it was very enjoyable. It was a little bit crowded, but it was nice. And then we went over to the fish fry and went to a place called Old Andrews, which I always normally try to get to because they have good uh, red snapper there. And it's right next to Twin Brothers, and it's a local place, and a lot of people enjoy it there. So that was it, that all we did for Nassau, because once we went to the beach, ate, and we got back, it was about a little after, probably 6, 6.30. And then um, we just decided to get back on the ship at that point. The fish fry, and, I've never, I'm trying to think. So if you're at Junkanoo, how far mm-hmm. down past Junkanoo is the fish fry? Probably, I would say a five to 10 minute walk, depending on how fast you walk. It's not very far. Okay. Um, Because we did get a cab ride from Atlantis over to the fish fry. And then we walked back to the port from the fish fry, um, you know, to get back on the ship. So it's not a it's not a hard walk. Um, they're definitely doing that construction because they have that new hotel that's going to look like a cruise ship. I don't know if you saw that kind of rendering um, yes. that's going to be there. So, you know, they do have a little bit of construction, but it's not far from Junkanoo. Like you can walk there less than 10 minutes. Okay. And how about Freeport? Freeport. Um, so we were there pretty early. We didn't have any plans, so we just got off and uh, you know, just walked around the shopping and then it rained for like a couple hours. So then after that, we just, we just got back on the ship. So I didn't really get to do much there. You make your way back to Norfolk. How was debarkation? Debarkation was probably about the same as embarkation. Um, definitely still slow, you know, as far as trying to get off and everything. We did roll our own, our own bags off 
um, to get off on debark. So that made it a little bit easier, but then there was the wait. And the one thing I noticed on debark, um, which I have experienced in the past was there were a lot of, um, border patrol people there. And I just don't, I don't know if, if it was the type of, you know, kind of crowd or crews and they had a few like, um, dogs there, you know, where they sniff around for mm-hmm. illegal substances. And so that was, interesting because it was a lot of border control people and then those two dogs were sniffing like the luggage that people had checked the night before or even if you were kind of uh getting off and you pulled your own they were still kind of sniffing around so it was kind of interesting so there was some delay kind of around that (coughs) excuse me um but for the most part um you know it wasn't it wasn't seamless but you know we did get off and not uh super it didn't take a long time to get off at that point you know what's annoying about debark is when people are sitting on those forward stairs, on those forward stairs, <laughs> yes, and it's like you're trying yes. to walk by them, and they're acting like you're bothering them by trying to get by. And I'm like, why are you sitting on the steps? Right, right. And I remember one particular gentleman. You know the way you um, you get off on the sunrise. Like I, I don't know how you got off, but like we got off of the elevators close to where guest services was. And then you walk around in a circle yep. and one of the gentlemen complained, like, cause one of the ladies, they were just telling us all to merge in together. Like the line was all over the place. And he was really, uh, uh, irate with the lady. Like, Hey, you can't get in front of me. You can't cut you. Like, we're all going the same way, sir. Like they told us to merge in, like, <laughs> where else do you want us to go? <laughs> so it was, it was, it was kind of interesting, but definitely, People were, you know, just trying to get off. And, and I noticed a lot of people were pulling their um, bags. So I don't know how many people actually checked the night before. So for the most part, it, it was okay. <laughs> I think they might have been only using one gangway, right? Yes. and I, Yeah, I think that is correct. Mm-hmm. Just one gangway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So do you have yep. any first-time tips for Carnival Sunrise? Um. Well, I would definitely say I didn't didn't mention that I went to the thermal suite. And so I would say that if you plan to book that, um, if you're like going with the group and everybody wants to do it, or at least two of you want to do it to get the couple pass, because it is saves you a little bit of money. Um, I think we pay like $139 uh, for two, where I think uh, one person for the week was like 89. Mm-hmm. Um, and we really enjoyed the thermal suite. We went up there just about every day. And I will also say just enjoy all the activities because they do have a lot to do on there. I did the ropes course. I did try to imitate your picture though, <laughs> Doug, where you went on the plank mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, put your arms out. I know it's definitely different from, I think Norwegian, I've done it on, I can't remember which ship. Oh, Escape. Yeah. Um, Norwegian Escape, you know, where it really goes off the side of the ship. Mm-hmm. So I did the uh, plank there. So that was really cool. And then just um, enjoy the food there. I mean, it's really, they have a lot of different options and, you know, you can really kind of do your own kind of food tour, you know, through the ship. And then I would also say drink packages, definitely a must for every crew. <laughs> so if that's your thing, because it also gives you the option to have coffee at Java Blue Cafe, which we did go to just about every day. And then also uh, tea and, you know, different things to enjoy. So that was really great. Yeah, we didn't talk about that. Java Blue Cafe, that. That's a pretty nice coffee shop with that selection of donuts and cupcakes in there. Yes, it is. And then it has that little seating area. So, like, I think the first or second uh, night on the cruise, we did go in there um, in the evening time uh, to have coffee. And uh, I didn't try a donut, but I did try one of the cupcakes. And then we just kind of sat there and, you know, just kind of talked, you know, so you have that kind of cafe, you know, vibe, like you're, you know, you're on land or whatever. So I think it was very nice. And the fact that you can also get, 
you know, spiked coffee and spiked milkshakes and all that there too. Um, you know, if that's what you, you know, desire, but it's very nice because it's very open, just like a, a normal, like kind of coffee shop that you would have on land. So it was very nice. I enjoyed it. This cruise that I just got back from on sun, sunrise, I, this was my first time ever getting a cheers package. And yes, I don't okay. think that I will ever sail without it now. Like, I think I, I'm hooked. I agree. I agree. <laughs> and it, it, it's great because, yeah, it's it's so convenient, right? I mean, you can, if you pace yourself, you're not going to get hammered because you're going no. throughout the day. The only time that I realized maybe it might not have been worth it was on Half Moon K, which I know your ship didn't go to, but you can't use it oh, there. Yeah. So that's kind of annoying mm-hmm. because by the time you get back to the ship from Half Moon, you're so drained anyways, and you just want to kind of chill out, and probably the last thing you want to do is drink. Yeah, I agree. On my cruise before this, when I was on the sensation, we went to have a okay, so yeah, and I hadn't been there in a while, and so um, I was definitely like, oh man, like I had the cheers package, and I couldn't use it on the private island, but I definitely have not cruised probably, I don't know, having last, let's say, five years or so without a drink package, because it is convenient, and I know Carnival does the limit of alcohol drinks but people have to understand that you can get so much other type of drinks whether it's coffee mm-hmm. hot tea you know you get the bottles of water like i say you can get the kind of spiked milkshakes or coffee at the um uh the coffee bar or you know just different things so it's definitely worth it if you pace yourself and you know i'm, I'm not one to hit the 15 drinks but i've been close a couple of times <laughs> I did it once on my sailing. Oh, you did? Yeah, but that was because I was trying out the spiked milkshakes throughout the day and the coffees oh, as well. And they're and they're very good, wouldn't you agree? Oh, totally. <laughs> Especially like the white chocolate one. Oh my gosh. Mwah, mm-hmm. I love it. If you had to tell Carnival one thing about Carnival Sunrise, what would it be? One thing about Carnival Sunrise, what would it be? Oh, I didn't mention Serenity Deck. And I Serenity Deck is nice, but they only have one small hot tub for however many adults are on that particular ship. And that's kind of a bummer if you kind of want to get away from the crowds and kind of sit up there and do those clamshells and things. Mm -hmm. Like they probably need to think about, I don't know if they can expand it per se, but I don't know, maybe add another hot tub or something of that nature because then the only other options are there are two on the main pool deck and a lot of kids use it because it's close to the main pool. And then you have two in the aft of the ship where the other pool is. And depending on, you know, what the type of sailing you are, that could be kind of crowded with a lot of people. So I definitely think they could do something different with that. And then I will also say, like, the the crowd control, you know, just kind of maybe thinking about where they have things positioned, like we mentioned earlier about the Mind Time Dining kind of section with the pictures and things. Like, I think that that's, that's a little bit, you know, kind of hectic for people trying to get through and just, you know, it's... It's different on the eyesight. So those are probably definitely the two things that I would say for them to kind of think about and and fix. Fair enough. So final thoughts of Carnival Sunrise. Definitely a great ship to sail on. I wasn't on it when it was the Triumph. So, you know, I believe that, you know, now with the refurbishments, it offers a lot of, you know, dining venues, definitely activities. And definitely like, you know, for a first time cruiser, even a veteran cruiser, it is a great getaway. And if you live in Virginia and you're able to drive there when it's in Norfolk or even um, New York since that's not necessarily a far ride either. It's a great option and I would definitely try to get back on it. Very nice, Maria. Thank you so much for your review. Thank you, Doug. Good talking to you again. This is Cruise Radio. Wah, wah, 
Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 